All right, we're back. Welcome back, Chris. Hey, Zach. What's up? Uh, another <laughs> another week and a day since we uh, uh, yep. took the our normal day off to watch what eventually was the end of the Lady Hokies uh, basketball run. But hey, Final Four, first glorious time. run it was. You know, one of the two biggest sporting team sporting events for the entire school in yeah. history. So, you yeah, know, congratulations, shout out to them. Hokies. Good for them, and. Thankfully, our uh, ladies' basketball coach doesn't look like a clown <laughs> or like some sort of creepy doll with ridiculous clothes on. Because look her up; well, she's ridiculous. If you did have a, have a doll that looked like him with some ridiculous clothes on, then that'd be pretty creepy. Yeah, she was ridiculous, but you know. but yeah, she looks like a. So we're back doll. with uh, in her name here, and uh, yeah, we uh, we've been sitting around eating artisanal. Uh, combos so we're kind of artisanal combos yeah. peanut butter filled pretzels yeah but what's the h.a anderson h hk anderson not a not hk a, anderson not a sponsor yeah. but they could be we would love it yeah yeah if you guys are out there listening yeah if somebody knows them please <laughs> yeah. let us know first of all mind blown <laughs> yeah second of all please reach out <laughs> absolutely <laughs> um Ouch! I was watching on on the sports tip. I was watching. I wanted to show you this video, so I found out this guy was at a <laughs> baseball game at the Dodgers game. We're going to pretend night. you guys can see this. Well, <laughs> this guy's he's getting he runs out onto the field to uh, to propose to his girlfriend, and he runs oh. out. And you you can't go on the field, obviously. <laughs> right. He runs out there, and the security. <laughs> Let's say the security just takes care of business with him. Um, You see, he's running in the outfield. He runs down. He gets on his knee. (laughs) He's on his knee. He's got the ring box. He opens it. And then they try to show the girl. They they focus back on the guy. And boom! (laughs) The security guy out of nowhere tackles him so hard. That his hat comes off. Yeah, that was kind of unnecessary. His hat, his hat comes off. <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's hilarious, and it, no, it's totally appropriate. <sighs> because it's not like they haven't given you warnings. They, I mean, that's true, but but so know. I was I was watching this, and it reminded me of something. Since you know this, we were talking about the ladies being the you know one of the biggest uh, events in tech sports history. Sure. <clears throat> It reminds me when I went to the other one, which was the national championship game. It's in the it's in the uh, the Superdome down in New Orleans, <clears throat> and uh, all game long, there, there's stuff that says "Don't run on the field, don't go on the field." They're making announcements at the end of the game: "Don't run on the field, <laughs> don't go on the field. You will be charged with trespassing. You will be removed. You know that kind of stuff." Right. This guy, you know, New Orleans. National championship game, end of the game. <clears throat> he decides he's going to run on the field. Oh, God. And he's, like, running along the sidelines, like, you know, prancing, like, raising his fist in the air. And, like, he's got a big shit-eating grin on his face. And he's running parallel to, like, those metal fences. <laughs> you know, the the, like uh, the riot yeah. fences that they put up in police things. Right. And he's running parallel to that. Well... <clears throat> He's doing that like high step and like he just, you know, finished the Boston Marathon <laughs> in record time or something. 
And this security guy comes out of nowhere and folds him over, like hits him just like that. Hits him so hard. The guy, like, I swear his knees hit his face. And then he hit that fence and flipped over that fence. And, like, you could hear the thud when he hit the ground. And we're, like, the Superdome is, like, gigantic. It's it's so big you used to be able to put the Houston Astrodome. You could fit inside of the Superdome. That's how big it is. And you could hear this noise from across the stadium after the game was over oh, by right. this guy. So and like it just reminded me. It just reminded me like that. And I was like, I know that's kind of like a roundabout way of the, syner- the synergy, the synergy thing. But <laughs> this guy, if you want to check it out, marriage proposal fail at baseball game on YouTube. And the guy gets his hat knocked off. And they come over and they handcuff him and take him out or whatever. But he, I don't know if she said yes or not either. So I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. They, they don't show that part. Right. <laughs> they do. That's, the, that's them doing mm-hmm. that. So, yeah. Um, I thought that was kind of funny. And actually, related to the Dodgers. This, I liked over there on the sidebar, it was James Brown getting interviewed high as a kite. Oh, oh, I have seen that one before. That's a funny uh, one, too. Yeah, just the picture of him there. Yep, yep, that's, that's that was what a heyday. he is. That was a heyday of James Brown. Um, the Dodgers sign this guy every year. Uh, his name's Andrew Tolis, Tolles, and he hasn't played for the Dodgers since 2018. Uh, since then, he was found homeless and has been diagnosed oh. with schizophrenia. Every year, the Dodgers issue him a contract so he can keep using their team health insurance. Huh. So I thought that was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. We don't really actually. talk about a lot of, like, you know, feel-good things, I guess. Right. Know? The actual things <clears throat> that matter. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this guy, every year they give him a $0 contract so he can keep his health insurance. And, like, his dad, like, things are pretty bad for this guy, apparently. So he's they're doing that so he can get his... So he can stay on medications and right. he's had a lot of issues. So yeah, shout out to the Dodgers for doing something good that you yeah. don't hear about a lot. So Yeah, yeah, unexpected even. <clears throat> yeah. Which also another feel good one I saw this week. I'm gonna go and feel good a little bit, I think. Yeah, I like this. I like uh, this. This Michigan kid, did you see this? Oh, I have seen this story. Yeah, it's His pretty awesome. Under Armour's gonna be creating custom-made shoes for this kid he's huh. 14 he's in middle school he's six foot ten he's huge yeah you he's showed me that massive. picture of him with the classmates yeah this guy here makes the shoes like he gets the the digital imaging or whatever he said that he's been doing it for 30 years he's never seen a foot this big huh. this kid's foot is already bigger than Shaq's foot it's a size twenty three. He's fourteen. He's fourteen years old, six foot ten. But they're gonna give him. They're gonna make him special shoes because he can't find shoes, obviously. And right. uh, yeah, so they're giving him shoes. I mean, it's good for them, good for business or whatever. So good for everybody. Yeah. I guess. So um, yeah, and it's like a one old man sweatshop. So <laughs> yeah, it's just know. one guy. No, no kids were harmed he in the making the, of these he shoes. He takes the tree that they usually carve the shoe out of now, <laughs> and it's just one tree, and he's having to hand carve his Under Armour <laughs> cleats. Yeah. They're called Under Armour Woods, <laughs> not Tiger. It's. 
I can't imagine having feet that big. Like, first of all, <laughs> how unfair is it that this kid plays on the football team against other 14-year-olds? She's like, pushing over other kids. I mean. <laughs> how, look, what, what position do you give him? Do you give him, like, the line where you can just protect your guy? Right. Or do you give him, get, like, get, get him to be the quarterback and just – See who can stop him. Right. That's snap kinda, it to him and you run. <laughs> yeah, as long as I mean, he, he's not going to, you know, I don't yeah. know how long he can run. I mean, that's a lot of pressure on a body that's still growing. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure he's True. in pain constantly. But, I mean, when he's that big, who can take him down, really? So, I'm going to turn this off. He doesn't off. have to go that yeah. fast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be um, noisy. Yeah. You're going to hear something. Here it comes. Boom. boom. Yeah. Um, headphones off. Yeah. See, there you go. Yeah, so then, you know, another little bit of good news. So, Yeah, thanks. I feel better yeah. already. So, and because this kid was a giant, I also randomly found out that this week was the anniversary of one of the greatest sporting events in human history. What was it? Who would have? It was the one of the greatest sporting events in human history happened on this during this past week. Huh. The anniversary of it came up. It was from 1987. 1987. Yep. I, uh, I'm, I'm a, I don't know. Is this trivia? No, no. It's it's the anniversary (laughs) of Hulk Hogan body slamming Andre the Giant. Oh, that is awesome, actually. That certainly in my lifetime was one of my favorite sporting events ever. Yeah, it was so great. Like, as a kid, I loved that stuff. But it was like, Andre the Giant got the body slam. And it was this wow. this week in history twenty. It was what nineteen eighty four. So I thought you said eighty seven. Eighty seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's been I don't know how many years. I'm no I'm no arithmetician. Arithmetician. Yeah, yeah. I'm not good with letters. So um, yeah. So then uh, it reminded me of uh, it's thirty six years ago. Thirty six. All right. Yeah. Well, if we're wrong, email us. Uh, <laughs> Internet here podcast In fact, just never mention it again. Yeah. Well, way <laughs> send them to us. Come on, send us okay, your emails. Yeah, I mean, yeah. actually, send us anything. Send us just, all your emails. I mean, business emails. You know, bank statements. <laughs> whatever you need to send, just forward everything in your list to us. Yeah. Internet here podcast. At and gmail. we'll talk about it. Com. Even like we'll bring it up. Yeah, we'll bring it up. Yeah. You know? we got a. Do we get anything worth bringing up? Well, I mean, there's always something worth bringing up, but I wanted to bring up the fact that there's, you remember one of the greatest movies ever made was called uh, The Princess Bride? I thought you were going to say Back to the Future. <clears throat> well, you know, it's just like <laughs> your like opinion, man. But Princess Bride is a great movie. Yeah. Well, Andre the Giant was in that. Yeah. Well, Carrie Yules, is that how you say his last name? The guy that was in the first Saw I don't movie. Know how you say it? I've always said Elvis, but it's wrong. Right. So Yules, yeah. yeah, it's like Yules, the, maybe. The, 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 what's his name from Wesley from uh, Princess Bride? Yeah, I'm gonna look. It he up. was telling the story about Andre the Giant, and on the set of Princess Bride, apparently Andre the Giant <laughs> let out this 16 second fart. There's no audio or video proof of this but like everybody on the set pretty much agreed and like everybody that knew him would talk about the fact that like he was such a giant guy and he could drink like 50 beers at a time like right he was drinking like whole bottles of brandy like well, they he was a like, big drinker too yeah but i mean he'd hold up a brand like a 
bottle of brandy and it looked like a bottle of coke in your hand you know what i mean <laughs> he was a huge he, man. massive man and like they, they would talk about his flatulence so it was 16 seconds and he said that rob reiner looked at him and said you okay andre he said i am now boss so i was like wow 16 <laughs> seconds how long is that and i was like should we have dead air for 16 seconds just to see how long of a fart that really is? <laughs> right. You know, because that's like... It, it needs to be heard. All right. So here we go. We're going to go 16 seconds from, uh, we'll say right now. Okay, that's it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I'm impressed. Uh, that is incredible. If that's even half of that is amazing. Yeah. I was. I mean, it. Yeah, it makes me feel like I shit myself. Now, what's mm-hmm. funny is after we edit this, that could just disappear, and there'll be no seconds, so you won't appreciate how long it is. I think I can fix it. Just so you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. How funny would that be? It's yeah, like you're just like, what up. are these two dummies talking about? But if you're already still joining us, still then, hey, joining us. Then you already know what we're about anyway, so. I'm all about the internet not working over here on my laptop. Did you try logging back in? <laughs> oh, there it goes. Yeah. We always have that trouble until we say something. It's like the computer knows. It's listening, Chris. It's, uh, it is weird how that works, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Very weird. But, um, so, yeah. I'm kind of lost now, Chris. What you got going on? Oh, I'm still trying to figure out how to pronounce uh, Carrie Booth's last name. <laughs> he was the guy that had to cut off his own feet and saw. Spoiler alert. <laughs> if you hadn't seen any of the other oh, right, 90s yeah. saws, the first one. He... But yeah, I'm still I'm going to just go with Elvis, even though I'm pretty sure it's not right. Elvis. Yeah, Elvis. That's how Elvis. it's spelled. It's like Elvis, but with a W. Yeah. No. Yeah. But it's not that. I know it's not that. Could be. Uh, nope. I don't agree with you, but, you know, whatever. I would say maybe it's more likely to be L's, silent W. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. But or, he's British, right? So Either that or Welsh. Yeah. He's got, well, it's got a weird yeah, spelling, the yeah. like double consonant thing going on. Yeah. Well double consonant thing i'm over here knowing what i'm talking it has two e's like three letters apart so it has this certain pronunciation that's you know and only after your first name ends with a y right (laughs) so yeah that's where we were um i did have a story about did you hear about the mammoth meatball i did see that yeah that was actually something i had seen and I was thinking about telling you. Yeah, it was um, <laughs> it like a good. meatball created with like a with actual stuff from a mammoth, a woolly mammoth. Yeah, right? like they created lab grown yeah. mammoth meat. Yeah, of all the things they could do. Like, right, they combined it with something, and of course, I didn't take any notes. I just right here looking at the article. But yeah, essentially, they created this fake meat, well, real meatball, but genetically well, they grown. Had to, they had to use. Uh, some sort of ancient, genetically regrown uh, crouton to, to add in <laughs> to there. To with some it, breadcrumbs. Right. But there's a picture of a, a meatball. Oh, I've right. seen that picture. Yeah, yeah so you should look up the picture of the my uh, theory, mammoth I, meatball. I've probably told you this before. And my theory is that we could save all 
animals or a lot of animals from extinction if we found out that they tasted good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if they were to recreate a dodo bird and that thing tasted better than chicken and you could fry it up or you right. could, there'd be a trillion dodo birds before you knew it. Like if maybe we need to sacrifice an elephant and cook it up and see and i'm talking like all sorts of different ways i mean who's you this like, we you and me or well i mean if you have access to an elephant that we can cook up then we will have a special week-long right live stream of the elephant being cooked up oh that'd be weird i think to eat an elephant i'm just saying you don't think that if they found out that elephants were delicious that there wouldn't be oh there would definitely be a run on 10 elephants. million more yeah. elephants but right? I think it might turn out it that elephants solve, could be delicious. It could really? solve global food shortages. It could. I mean, there's right. so many things like. But elephants, I mean, they're uh, very intelligent animals. So it's a. Uh, so I mean, are so pigs. are pigs. Yeah. 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 So are like one out of every six trillion cows. I mean, I'm just saying in general. Like, why are they bringing back the woolly mammoth as a meatball? Right. Like, if you're going to bring it back, whatever. That's a whole different can of worms, right? But I mean. I guess maybe just to see if they could. But, right, but yeah. I mean, wouldn't it be more important? Like, wouldn't you be more interested? Why do you need to make it into something like, we could eat this? <laughs> or was what? I guess it wasn't made for eating. It was made of just a ball of meat, right? Yeah, so I mean, it says the launch in an Amsterdam science museum came just days before April 1st, so there was an elephant in the room. Is this for real? <laughs> it's not an April Fool's joke. It's a real innovation. Cultivated meat also called cultured or cell-based meat, is made from animal cells. Livestock doesn't need to be killed to produce it, which advocates advocates say is better not just for the animals, but also for the environment. So, right. I mean, I get it. But they why used, do they use mammoth? used publicly available genetic information from the mammoth, filled missing parts with genetic data from its closest living relative, the African elephant, and inserted it into a sheep cell. Given the right conditions in a lab, the cells multiplied until there was enough to roll up into a meatball. More than 100 companies around the world are working on cultivated meat products, so no, they're not. They didn't produce it, I think, to eat. It sounds like just to do it. Oh, to show their technology the mammoth, or whatever. Right. Mammoth meatball is a one-off and has not been tasted, even by its creators, nor is it planned to be put into commercial production. Instead, it was presented as a source of protein that would get people talking about the future of meat. Okay, well, that's um, I totally yeah. understand that. Then it yeah. still doesn't go against my point that we could, if you found out that Tasmanian devil dog or like whatever tasted delicious, that there wouldn't be more of them. <laughs> right? Look how many more. Right. I yeah. mean, I know that they had a conservation effort for buffalo and bison or whatever. Right. But do you think now, because of the viability of the meat and the fact that the meat is like healthier meat option than than other red meats I mean, bison burger is wonderful yeah well now you're not going to worry about the bison aren't ever going away again <laughs> right you know what i mean there's not going to be like on the verge of now that doesn't mean that the species is going to stay the same right but right i mean but they're they're not going to run out like they're, they're not, not going to run out of extinction. holstein cows ever i mean right. you know, whatever that is for the environment and for the <laughs> the actual animal is one thing right i mean Mm -hmm. There's probably not a lot of genetic diversity in right. cows, right? <clears throat> but you wouldn't think. 
you know, you still have like herds of bison. I mean, those are protected. Yeah. But yeah, interesting. It is interesting. I agree. I mean, it definitely goes into different. So yeah, doesn't mean that we're going to have. I don't know if uh, I want to eat the cellular meat though. What That's is kinda... plural of mammoth? Well, I don't know. I didn't even know what geese was. <laughs> when geese. I was talking about oh, yeah, Hans, when we were talking about Hans Schmidt. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I mean uh, the. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would try maybe the uh, the meat. I'm not, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily I would not try it. it. I just don't. It's just kind of because it may be something that one day down the line. I mean, uh, sure. needs to be something that we have figured out how to do if we need to do it. I mean, whether we're doing it or not, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I get it, but it's just really weird that like you just have it's a room that all weird. of a sudden there's just like sheets of meat that are just growing there. <laughs> yeah when you put it that way I'm pretty yeah. sure there's been a lot of different movies made similar to that yeah, it's like are know? we going to talk about silence of the lambs again <laughs> would you <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean you know but you know, does it because, then all of a sudden then the ai that's making the meat turns it into an actual being that can is like unstoppable oh, and like wipes us all out right Huh. Can you imagine being killed by like a, just a blob of mammoth meat? I think we just wrote him with a movie. sentient brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was actually that reminds me. There was a a petition put out for like an AI moratorium this week. Really, like a bunch of top uh, technology people. Uh, some say, including Elon Musk, uh, signed this petition to uh, maybe put a moratorium on AI uh, advancements until we get a hold on what we're doing and oh you, you know, think right which i was like well that's probably not a bad idea actually no, but mm-hmm. i mean what's their what's their long game on that Is yeah that, i don't know you know what yeah, i mean yeah right it already knows like it already what what more could it do <laughs> it could already do a lot of things yeah exactly that five years ago would have blown your mind right. not to mention when Andre the Giant was body slammed by Hulk Hogan. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's uh, that's the reason why. Because it's like, well, we've advanced so far that is anybody paying attention to, like, you know, how far we've advanced? <laughs> right. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I get Like, you, you know, what what is going to happen? I mean, do we know? It's going yeah. so fast. Right. That, you know. I mean, so, yeah. the fact that we can do this and get it out there yeah, and, right. is already amazing considering how much work it it's saved the computer has done to save work yeah and that we were able to get any of you to listen to it yeah when we never see you yeah right we want to see you we want to hear from Mm -hmm. you and i wanted to tell you something because i've been keeping this from you a little bit uh this past week also speaking of seeing and hearing people and stuff we got to uh our first uh i guess you would call milestone and we got uh, over a hundred listeners, hundred oh, subscribers. Oh, forgot to so, ask yeah. about that. As of right now, I'm pretty sure we're at about 105 subscribers. Wow. So you know, thanks for all you guys oh, that yeah. are subscribing thanks, and guys. listening. <laughs> so yeah, that's my yodel of celebration. So yeah, I, I, you know, the last time that you were here, I think we were at like 98, and yeah. you know, we've gotten several more during the week. Yeah, so. that was what Tuesday. Yeah, something Tuesday. like that. Tuesday. Yep. So nice. Um, yeah. So, in honor of that, I decided to do cent- centenarians for my name for the week. Oh, yeah. Centenarians. Centena- cent- centenarians. Centenarian. Let somebody list me a hundred. Oh, or right, more. right, right, right. Um, yeah. 
All right. Uh, so I'll start off by telling you this, that the United Nations estimates that there are currently, how many do you think that there would be worldwide of people that are over 100 years old? Oh, it's going to be more than, uh, it, it would surprise me the number. I'm going to put out there, though, a uh, hundred. A <laughs> hundred people worldwide yeah. that are over a hundred years old? Yeah. You want to try again? <laughs> Am I going lower or higher? <laughs> You're going a lot higher. Okay. All right. I, I, mean, I mean, I was assuming that, but I, I mean, a lot higher. Okay. Like, think of like city sizes. Gosh, wow. All right. And I'm not talking about Well, I mean, like I said 100 cities. to be funny. But. Right. Well, I'll give you this. In two th- the year 2000, uh, the estimate was 151,000 people in the world were over 100 years old. Wow. Huh. So currently, right now, they estimate that how many do you think? How many do you think? Now that you know that. And when was one hundred and fifty-one thousand? Two thousand. Oh. In the year um, It's going to be over two hundred and fifty thousand. No, it's five hundred and seventy-three thousand worldwide. And yeah, amazing. So almost six hundred thousand people worldwide. This is just estimates. Now, they not they they will never be able to get all this because some of these places. <laughs> Like in some of these places, if you live, if you're that old, then they weren't keeping birth records. So it's hard to, you can right. tell somebody you're born in 1901, but there's no proof that, I mean, you know, when you were born for the most part, right? sometimes it's off a year or two or whatever. Sure. I mean, it's been a long By time. By the year 2050, Japan alone is expected to have 272,000, wow. while other sources get that number up to a million. In just Japan in Japan alone. alone, yes. yes. Wow. And Japan right now already still has more centenarians. Than Isn't that crazy? Centenarians. Yeah, that's it. Sorry. Centenarians? <laughs> so I decided to talk about a couple people that have done some crazy shit after they turned 100, right? I like this. All right. Uh, you, know what? You, you are doing a feel-good week. Yeah. Well, huh. you know, I mean... The majority of these people have already passed on. They were over 100 when they did their thing, right? All right. Yeah. This guy's still alive, as far as I can tell. I didn't see anything. He has a Wikipedia page. So. All right. Uh, his is fairly contentious, though, because he's one of those people that cl- he claims that he was born. Well, I mean, he, he was born before India started issuing birth certificates. So his accomplishments aren't recognized by Guinness, even though okay. he provided... But he provided such sound evidence as a passport with his birth date and a letter from Queen Elizabeth congratulating on his 100th birthday. So basically like a, <laughs> like a, you know, a royal birthday card that they just send out to every 100-year-old, you know. Interesting. Um, right. So he's born April 1st, 1911. So the day we're recording is his birthday, funny enough. Huh. April 1st, my aunt's birthday yeah. is today as well. Was Happy she, birthday, was she, Patty. Was she born in 1911? She was not. Well, uh, Faruja was. What did I say? Fauja. Faruja. Fauja. F A U J A Singh. Um. Uh. He, he when he was eighty nine years old, he took up running. <laughs> huh. Wow. And like eighty nine. Yeah. And you know, it said he was an avid runner when he was a kid, but okay. like then, like he had kids and family and you know that and yeah. Doing other shit. So he got back into it at 89 and competed in his first marathon in the year 2000. 
Wow. Uh, in 93, he come, he completed a marathon in six hours, 58 minutes or 54 minutes, which <laughs> I mean, I couldn't even come close to yeah, that. No, I wouldn't be doing that. That was 58 minutes faster than the world's best for 90 plus. Uh, at one <laughs> point, 2004, he was in the ad campaign with, for Adidas with David Beckham and Muhammad Ali. <clears throat> I don't remember that one, but no, uh, he, he bested UK records for 200, 400, 800, 3000 meter races. Huh. And at age 100, he attempted and accomplished eight world age group records in one day at the special Ontario Masters Association Fauja Singh Invitational in Toronto. So it was, his, it was a invitational it was in, his, his in, his, in his honor, yeah. but he accomplished eight world age group records in wow. that, in that one day. And, uh, he, that day he ran the 100, 200, the 400, the 800, 1500, 3000, 5000, and the mile, and what? set five world records for his age group in that one day. Now, there's a stipulation on that because some of those events didn't have a previous record holder because no other hundred year old had ever done that. And he was, <laughs> so and it was record by his, default on his birthday or whatever. He's the only one that's right. played that game. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So he's the, you know, yeah. it's kind of like the way it's, there's this one guy that like go buy a golf course and then he'll play the first round and claim that he's like the record holder yeah, because he's the first person to play that. Oh, poopy yeah. pants. Yep. Uh, three days after he did all that, he became the first hundred year old to complete a marathon in eight hours, 25 minutes, 17 seconds. Wow. Uh, a couple years later, two week, a couple weeks shy, um, of his 102nd birthday, he he ran a 10 kilometer run at the Hong Kong Marathon, and then he retired. Uh, he's still he's still alive, as far as I could tell, and he still does like he still runs for does stuff occasionally, like you know promotional events or whatever. Right. So, and he's it's like bring out the old guy. Means, the crowd loves it. Yeah, so that means he's 112 years old today. Hmm. So, wow. happy birthday to that guy. Yeah, happy birthday. There's a biography dude. about him called The Turban Tornado, which <laughs> and, I didn't read. And this but is where you tell me April Fool's. No, there's not. None of these are April Fool's. <laughs> um, so, that was the oldest person to ever run, a, or the first 100-year-old first to run a marathon. Huh. That doesn't mean he will be the last. I mean, you know. Right. I mean, shoot with the uh, population of centenarians. <laughs> Did I get it right? Centenarians. Centenarians, yeah. <clears throat> with the uh, the population, with the uh, number of centenarians growing the way that it is. Yeah, well, I saw a thing the other day that they said that lifespan could increase to up to 150 years. Oh, that's crazy. So can you imagine, like, a bunch, like, everybody in your age, in your party group is all 100, like, and you're right. still not the old people around? Right. Oh, crazy. I don't know what it would be like to live from 100 to 150, like... Yeah, I mean, you out doing stuff, or I mean, you're just like laying, like, well, just I mean, like regular. We're all like going to be like right in, now. We're all going to be in Wally anyway, right? Just sitting around on hover chairs <laughs> or thinking right. about Slurpees, and they show up. <laughs> I remember going to see that movie with you. Oh yeah, yep. go Hokies. Yeah, yeah, go Hokies indeed. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a whole other story, yeah. I think. Uh, the next guy is Man- Manuel. De Olivieri, oh. Oliveira. Uh, I love to hear you speak other languages. Yes. Well, what's funny is this guy was 
born in Australia. No, he, I'm, I'm sorry. He was born in Portugal. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other thing, not the, they're very similar places. They're very close together. They're almost so touching because you know, the Earth is flat. It's on a plane. Right. If you fold the map the right <laughs> sorry, way. Sorry, I, I was reading this other part about it because this is related to this guy. So 1906 in Melbourne, Australia. <laughs> A uh, biopic of the armored bush ranger Ned Kelly was released. It was called The Story of the Kelly Gang, 1906. Right. And that was the world's first full-length feature film. <laughs> and it cost roughly $68,000 today. It cost back then $2,185. Wow. Two years later, Manuel was born. That's why, in Portugal. Um, so he was born in 1908. And... It was all fascist government there, so he didn't get to really become what he wanted to be, which was he wanted to be a film director, and it was really hard oh, to do okay. that kind of stuff. He was able to do a couple things. But after he turned 55, 27 of his 31 feature films were made. So, I mean, most wow. of his career. Late bloomer. Yes. Uh, he directed his last feature called The Strange Case of Angelica in 2010. Huh. At 102. Wow. He had written the screenplay for that movie uh, between 1952 and 1958. Huh. And he continued making shorts <clears throat> and documentaries until his death in 2015 at the age of 106. So he's the oldest person to ever release a movie right. as a director or whatever. Huh. Um, he was even talking about making movies like a month before he died at 106 at 106 this definitely made me feel very good about like my level of like interest in participating (laughs) these people are like 100 still doing stuff and i'm like i'm tired (laughs) but whatever (laughs) yeah you're basically 20 compared to them Right. Yeah. Yeah, They were they were in their eighties when I was born, or they're in their sixties. Sorry, when I was born. Um. So the next person was named Bertha Wood. Oh, interesting. Which is funny because it is interesting because I even put on there. It's funny to look her up because all you can find is golf club stuff because there's a famous golf golf club called Big Bertha, which is a wood. But Bertha began writing her memoirs at age ninety. She focused most of the material from her time running a vacations resort with her husband, Fred, starting in 1935. The book's called Fresh Air and Fun, the story of a Blackpool holiday camp. I don't know how good this book is or whatever. I mean, um, it was published. This is kind of funny because this seems to be a common occurrence for like 100-year-olds doing stuff. Published June 20th, 2005 on her 100th birthday. Making her the oldest, world's oldest first-time author. And like Beverly huh. Cleary lived to be like 116 yeah, or something. Centenarians trying to get their uh, their fame and fortune. Yeah, late in life. You know, they outlived all their benefits. Right. I guess. You know? <laughs> they're, they're, the company they work for, they got the pension for, it closed down when they were when they <laughs> right. were ninety. Yeah, all your shit gets cut off at a hundred. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> now you're on your own. Go, go be a freak from the show or something. Right. Um, so she passed away in 20, 2007, sorry, like about a year and a half after her book came out. Um, so yeah, the oldest world's oldest first time author. Hmm. Uh, there's a couple more. Um, this guy, Norman Lloyd, you probably heard of Norman Lloyd. 
I'm not sure. He's an actor, director, producer. Um, worked in every major facet of the entertainment industry. Apparently, like, these people get to live to be a long time. Right. Any old. relation to Christopher Lloyd? Not that I... I didn't really look into it that much, but I don't think so. Okay. Um, so in 23, 1923, he started... He was a charter member of the Mercury Theater started by Orson Welles. Right. Uh, he appeared in films with Charlie Chaplin hmm. and, like, Amy Schumer. I mean, <laughs> wow. this guy... He's appeared in over 60 films and TV shows. He was in the Charlie Chaplin film Limelight. Uh, he was in Hitchcock films. He worked with Hitchcock a lot, which is really cool. Yeah, that is cool. Um, he was in Saboteur and Spellbound. Huh. He was Mr. Nolan, the headmaster in Dead Poets Society. Um, Mr. Letter Blair in The Age of Innocence. And he was one of the main roles on St. Elsewhere. Wow. He huh. was he was on other stuff too from Murder She Wrote, The Twilight Zone, Wings, Star Trek: The Next Generation, and even made a guest appearance on Modern Family in 2010. Wow! Um, huh. I'm impressed. 2007, Who Is Norman Lloyd? A documentary about him was released, and in 2015 he made his last film appearance in 2015. And oh, it was the Trainwreck was the name of the movie. Oh, I'm, right. I, don't, I, don't think <clears throat> I never did it. watch Trainwreck, actually. Here, it premiered good. after he turned 100, so he was the oldest ever to be in a movie after they were 100. Hmm. He was also later on, in 2018, he was in a movie called, or not a movie, a TV show called Fly, which hmm. was, I think, about like this first uh, all African-American women uh, flight attendant crew or something like that. I, I don't, know. I never saw that show. Yeah, but I'm not familiar. That was in 2018 and he just died like two years ago at 106. Wow. So he had like, you know, he had like a long career. Yeah. Did he die from COVID? No, just say so he died yeah. in his sleep. Huh. I mean, you know, most um, of the people, most of them, it, say, it doesn't say that they like everything that says is basically they died peacefully in their sleep. I think right. that there's like this span of like, you know, accidents, tragedies, illness, and then like after you turn like a hundred, you just almost all like always like die in your sleep. You know, like, <laughs> right? Your body's just like all right, tired. Yeah, it's like okay, well, we're just gonna let yeah. you cruise on out yeah. the last twenty years here, right. and then we... yeah. So you know, if hmm. we can all fingers crossed, we can it's all kind of like long. I guess flying through the solar system. You know, if you get through the asteroid belt or whatever, then yeah, that's smooth, smooth sailing. sailing for eternity. <laughs> for all we know. Um, so there's a couple more uh, and the other notable centenarians. I'm gonna finish this up with that. Leela Burden got her high school diploma from Booker T. Washington High School in Norfolk, Virginia. Huh. Uh, Ninety six years after the Spanish flu shut down her school in 1918. And she got that in, I didn't write down the year, sorry. Uh, she was 111 years old. Uh, um, she got it when she was 111? Yes. Was that uh She had to leave school. 2017? Well, maybe. Yeah, I guess. Bam. School shut down in, 20, in 1918 because of Spanish flu, and she had to go to work. And stuff. I mean, you know. Man. But after that, it was like, you can't go back to school. Wow. She was already too old, you know, so... Um, this guy was the first hundred year old to summit Mount Fuji in 1987. His name is Tichi Igarishi Igarashi. 
I'm sure I butchered yeah, that. I'd love too. to hear you speak other yeah. languages. And uh, in on May 29th of just last year, so a little less than a year ago, Rut Larson, <laughs> great name. This is a woman, actually. <laughs> the name was much longer. I just went with the first and last, but <laughs> there's, there's middle that I wasn't even going to try. Okay. Rut R U T Larson with two S's yeah. of Sweden became the oldest to do a tandem skydive. And she was 103 years old and 259 days. Wow. So, yeah, in celebration of our 100-plus subscribers, I did 100-plus yeah, people. That's a great idea. Yeah. Huh. Right, now, I don't know what's going to happen when, I get to, when yeah. we get to, like, 10 million. We'll get there. Congratulations, hey. us. Yeah. yeah. For our 10 millionth, ep- 10 millionth episode, we're going to, our 10 millionth subscriber, we're going to count our $10 <laughs> on air. <laughs> yeah yeah don't worry we'll uh get it made into pennies oh yeah, well, yeah that's, that's much what, better that's what i do with all my money to save it you get it made into pennies yeah nobody's stealing he just, this shit he sends it off to the treasury and says make this into pennies <laughs> make it to pennies yes would you bam. would you make this some pennies <laughs> would you you're getting there <clears throat> yeah <laughs> thank you yeah sure well good one or good, good many of them, but I think yeah. it. Well, well, I mean, I figured there's, you know, there can't be that many other things that I'm sure that hundred year olds do things all the time. Oh but, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm sure they do, but it's a, uh, yeah, it's fun to hear Bob stories Barker's about it. Bob Barker's gonna turn hundred. Bob He's Barker's the, gonna be a hundred. Yeah, dude, I looked it up one day. Game show hosts, they are almost all still alive. Must be something about that profession. Yeah, you get to fucking kick back and do nothing. Right. I guess that's what it is, right? I mean, I'm saying Bob Barker didn't work hard, right? I was going to say, I mean, surely there's some hard work to it. Yeah, but when you get to, you think Bob was doing all? He wasn't building the sets. He wasn't like (laughs) bringing them out. Sure. I mean, but I mean, he had a a performance, so to speak. But yeah, not not a high intensity sort of performance. Yeah. He wasn't doing the the prices right the same way that that Kevin Harmon is doing the NBA games. No, not at all. Oh my God! Did you see that? <laughs> With no regard for human life. Is he, is he also the one that? No, nah, he's not the wham bam. Thank you, man. <laughs> no, like, no, no. Oh man, there's some good ones, yeah. man, and there's some terrible ones. <laughs> I have a personal vendetta against like Dick Vitale. Like, not a vendetta. Like I don't know the man. Well, he's hard to listen to, I in just, my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Dipsy Dude, Roo. Like, oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> yeah, he sounds like a. There was another guy. I think it was Billy Packer. Was another one that was like really hard oh, to deal with. His name's like, Billy least, Packer. If. <laughs> It's even funny, like, you know, what's funny is I like the announcer, like John Madden, and he, he, he was yeah. dumb, but it was, like, so good to listen to. Yeah, his is enjoyable. Yeah. Right? yeah. Well, you got the guy over here, and, you know, <laughs> bam! <laughs> you know. Right. <laughs> but there's something about, like, Dick Vitale that just... Yeah, I agree. It's like nails on a chalkboard yeah, with that guy. Mumble rhymes. <laughs> mumble rhyme, mumble rhyme. Yeah. But, you know, like we said before, that's... Before we recorded, we said it's... It definitely takes a talent to do, and like, right. I just don't understand the obsession with certain ones. Like, yeah, yeah, I can agree with that. Be a great gig yeah. if you know anybody that <clears throat> needs their games broadcast. Chris and I would, 
Yeah, we'd be happy to give it a shot. (laughs) We'd even try not to curse. Maybe. And maybe even try to do a good job. Holy Finocchi, check out that Dunkaroo. (laughs) Holy. It would just be me giggling the whole time. Like, I'm pretty sure you can't do that on the air. You don't really hear that much, like when Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are doing a show. Yeah, one guy's not just sitting there laughing the whole time. What's funny is that Troy Aikman should be the one that would just be going, uh, 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 Yeah, for real, though. Yeah, he's got a brain made of like a kitchen sponge. His head is like the size of an Easter Island statue. (laughs) (laughs) I love Troy Aikman. I'm a Cowboys fan Uh, forever. Right? Yeah. His head's so gigantic, and you know that he'd gotten hit in the head so many times. The fact that he even just looks like a cartoon character of him. Himself. It's <laughs> funny when they do them on Family Guy because it, it looks just oh, I like bet. him. I bet. But anyway, let's. We're gonna. <laughs> we digress. We're gonna run late. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> Are we? We put in that whole sixteen seconds of fart time. Oh, we did do that. Yeah, we got to remember not to cut that yeah, out. We're not going to. Well, first, gonna um another little update on Travis Walton because there's a new Uh-oh. podcast out. Oh, called right. High Strange. Huh. And um, the very first episode, the very first thing you hear is an interview with Travis Walton from this guy doing this podcast. And it's a guy whose podcasts I have listened to in the past and really enjoyed. He usually does true crime. Uh, he did uh, the podcast Up and Vanished. His name's Payne Lindsay, which a uh, great podcast. That one actually solved a murder. It was a cold case and he got it reopened and solved it. And what was it called like, again? Up and Vanished. Huh. Yeah, but um, like he's, so he's a, uh, I guess basically an investigative journalist. But now he's a, uh, he heard, he's into UFOs, I guess, because well, all of this stuff has come out that hey, UFOs are real. So he's looking into these things. But one of the the stories that he says he keeps coming back to is Travis Walton's story because it has everything that an alien abduction story needs to have to be something that can be believed i guess yeah and so he has uh, the second episode of high strange came out this week and it's uh almost the entire 40 minutes is an interview with travis walton so if anybody's still interested in that story you get to hear it this year from uh from the horse's mouth now you've listened now because you've done that like you did that you've listened to more travis walton is Uh, the story staying the same i listened yeah yeah i mean it was just as i you know because i Listened to a lot of podcasts and crap about it. Right. And read a lot about it. And oh, I was like, yeah, it's basically the same. He's in a delusion. <laughs> but to hear him tell it is, uh, <laughs> it's a, it's, it's I'm pretty. a hard time. Oh, I know you are. You know I'm going to ignore you. <laughs> For 16 seconds, I'm ignoring you. <laughs> but I think he's also in High Strange. He's going to get into other things besides Travis Walton. But that second episode was just the entire interview with him. And it was pretty interesting, actually, to hear him talk about it. And, you know, I don't know that it would necessarily make it any more believable or less believable. You know, it's one of those things where it's hard to disprove. So it's hard to, you know, they, it's hard to prove or disprove, I guess I should say. But I forget yeah. that there's a name for that. Does but. the interview start out and they go, this is the, what is it called again? I'm sorry. High Strange. High, high Strange. It's a really bad name in my opinion, but. I mean. <laughs> um, it's just weird. Does it come out when they go. Hi, I'm Travis. Does he do that <laughs> yeah. at the beginning? No, he's uh, kind of a rough voice. I mean, I'd heard a lot of he's interviews. He's getting old now, anyway. right? Yeah, he's got to be. I don't know how old he is. I guess I could uh, shoot. Let's Google could, it real quick. Well, I mean, I guess I could. I'm just like kicked back in the old. It's all right. The old barber's chair. I got my fingers right here over the over it. I tried getting Chris a new chair. That he is so squeaky, um, but seventy years old. 
Alright, well, not he's not that old. Yeah. I mean, come He on. doesn't sound that old. He's got at he? least 30 more years before he does anything. But yeah, talking about some of the things, he genuinely sounds troubled. I think that's the only thing. It's like, huh. You know, it's like... <laughs> well, either I mean, he's been telling the story so long and he's well-practiced or, you know, like or, he's genuinely troubled by it. Or he's troubled because his whole identity has now become this one thing, right? Well, and I think he does talk a lot about that. Well, people ask him about it. Yeah, so but I mean, he, he can't get away it, from it. it. Right, exactly. Know? So, you know, but he's also very willing to talk to people about it, too. So it's... Yeah. You know, like, but he never really puts oh, himself out there. Oh, I worked in the there. bar. I've known 100,000 Travises. Yeah. <laughs> well, Travis isn't selling it to people, though. They ask him about it rather than he's not right. out there saying, hey, I'm Travis and I got abducted by <laughs> Hey, aliens. I'm Travis. And of course, at this point, you know, a lot of UFO people know the story. So anyway, I just thought I'd bring that up. Pretty good podcast if you're interested. Hi, Strange. Check it out. All right. That's a commercial for him. But also check out uh, Intername here. Yeah. Intername check out our uh, other uh, many episodes on entertainment crackers. Definitely check those out because they're good. We've got uh, a new one coming up uh, in the next couple of days. It's going to be a, what would we call it? A, another comprehensive review of yeah. Easter candy. It's going to be a sweet listen. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be very sweet. We're going to give you what we feel about Easter candy. And give what you the what best. we feel about it. Yeah, what's that? Giving them something he can feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every episode one of us is going to sing. Yeah. So okay. <clears throat> so yeah, Travis Walton, that is not my name for tonight because I've already done that one. But uh tonight, today, this morning, yesterday, whenever you're listening to this, not yesterday. But um I'm going to do a guy named uh Mel Walters. Oh, Mel. Yeah, I'm sorry, Mel Waters. Mel Waters. <clears throat> is he related to Roger Waters? Roger Waters? Yeah, like from Pink Floyd. Oh, right. No, 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 no. It's like Roger Waters. No, he is uh, not related to. No. Okay. And it's not Rogers. It's, uh, or Waters. I think it's Walters. I, can't, I always. I've been, You've given me like three different. I've been names listening already. to this guy all week long. And yeah, Mel Waters. For some reason, I always want to say Walters. So yes, you're right. Like uh, Roger, Roger Waters. Waters. Yeah. I was going to say, like Mel Waters. Muddy Waters. <laughs> like muddy There's waters. There's a singer named Crystal Waters at one point. Crystal Waters. Yeah, I think she did that. From the back to the middle and around again. Oh. I'm gonna be an amphibian. Is that what she 100% says? One hundred percent pure love. No, it, it's uh, she doesn't say I'm gonna be an amphibian. <laughs> I didn't think so. That's one of those misheard <laughs> lyrics. It does anyway. sound. Like, yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like, though, now that you heard it. You so this guy, um, Mel Waters, uh, is popular or famous, I guess I should say, for a uh, thing that everyone refers to these days as Mel's Hole. And um, so uh, back in 1997. How, much Google, how many I know, pages through right? Google did you have to go through to get to this guy if you type in Mel's well, Hole? if you search just Mel's Hole, the first thing that comes up is Mel, like the one I'm going to talk about. It's just on about, Google, so. right? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, not yeah, on yeah. any other sites. Don't look that up. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, you go to Pornhub and type in Mel's Hole, you're going to get something different. We're not encouraging that. Yeah, the, and it might be related to what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> but it's not. Like, what I'm going to talk about is not pornographic. All right. So, um, anyway, in 1997, Mel Waters faxed in to the uh, radio show Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell. Have you heard of it? I do remember like that. Like he did like a supernatural pseudoscience, like UFO kind of stuff, right. but every night on the radio and he'd have people call in and tell crazy stories. And so one night 
uh, Art Bell is on the air, and he says that he's gotten this fax from this guy named Mel Waters, who lives out in Ellensburg, Washington, and he claims that he has this hole on his property that, from everything he can tell, is bottomless. They, for huh. as long as he's lived there, like people in the area have all, and they all throw their trash in there. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's of like a small, yeah, no, of that course. was kind of Where a, is this located? Uh, Ellensburg, Washington. Huh. It's like central that Washington. Totally, if you, if I had to guess in the 50 states, that would have been one of the last states. Right, yeah. I would have thought totally like Alabama <laughs> right. or Arkansas. We just throw <laughs> old trucks down in there. But his story goes, you know, everybody throws all, you're trying to get rid of something, you take it to Mel's hole. And that's not what they called it before he got famous for right. it. But, uh, you know, you take it to this hole on his property and you throw it in. He said refrigerators. Like people, uh, this guy, he called him a little Mexican guy, would come around every now and then and throw in a bunch of tires that he couldn't sell or do anything with, and it cost money to take them somewhere to, to get them burned. So, Jeez. like he said, you know, for years, it's just you throw everything in this hole and it just disappears. You never hear it hit the bottom. Huh. Yeah, and so it's uh, nine feet in diameter, so pretty big wow. hole. Oh, yeah, and you it has drop cars down in right. there. Right, has like a stone retaining wall around it. He says, like almost like you would think a well would look right. like, you know. And that you throw things into it, you shine light down into it, it disappears, you know, into the darkness. And he says that uh, his dogs won't come near it, that birds don't fly near it. <laughs> Huh. And this is like he when he got there the the wall was already up on it. Yeah, he says uh yeah for his yeah, he says that uh you know so in later like cave, interviews caving in or anything. Right. He ends up calling into Art Bell's radio okay. show or Art Bell ends up calling him because his phone number is included in the facts. Okay, and so right. he calls him and gets him on the phone and the first interview is in 1997 and so it's him and Mel Waters talking about Mel's hole and Mel telling him all these things, you know, through the years that have, like, all the weird things here. I've got a list of things here in my notes. Huh. And so I was telling you earlier about researching. I was like, dude, I've been listening to these Art Bell interviews with Mel Waters, Walters in my mind all week long <laughs> and, like, reading all this crap about it. Like, I'm pretty sure, and I'll get to the end of the story, but I'm pretty sure I don't believe it. <laughs> okay. But it's very fascinating nonetheless. And the reason I don't believe it, and I'll come out with this right now because I'm not really trying to, to surprise anybody or anything. It's like they've never, no one's ever found the hole where uh, Mel says it's going to be. Okay. Though I'll tell something at the end that's like, okay, well, maybe maybe it is there. No one can find it for a reason. But uh, his major claim about the hole is that it's bottomless. I've already said that. His dogs, wild birds won't go near it. There are no echoes or sounds when calling into it. Any attempts at shining lights into the hole are fruitless as the darkness just eats up the short range of lights that he has to use. Um, he claims, and this is an interesting one, though I think it's easily debunked, but he claims he's put approximately 80,000 feet of fishing line into the hole. Like he attached like a one-pound weight and okay. he's just been lowering it like he has giant spools of fishing line that he's been lowering down into this this hole and he claims that he's never hit bottom huh. and that you know there was a point in time where he was like well what if it's just hit water and i don't realize it and like that's why the the tautness in the line is still there and i think that i'm lowering it and so he brought it back up and attached some lifesavers to it so apparently mel is an old shark fisherman and a trick that 
I didn't understand the trick he was talking about, but one way they would figure it out is put lifesavers, they dissolve in the water. So if it's water down there that he's getting, then they'll uh, dissolve. When he pulls the line back up, he'll see if they're dissolved. But, oh, so okay. he lowers it back down, pulls it back up, lifesavers are still there. So he's like, all right, I haven't hit water. <laughs> huh. So he's lowered all of this fishing line down into the hole. And when you listen to this guy on the radio, I guess – I've listened to enough Art Bell because I discovered it recently. There's a like a Art Bell vault on Spotify, like a podcast you can okay. listen to, and they just put on old episodes. And it's kind of neat because it has all the old crap from the 90s and stuff. So huh. the current events they're talking about are things from the 90s, and at least the right. episodes I've been listening to. Not anything you know. from 1987 or anything. Like, like, <laughs> oh, like right. We'd, we'd never know that. <laughs> Well, Art Bell was on the radio in the 80s and I think even the 70s, but he did uh, mostly political talk. And after the Oklahoma City bombings, because I did a little bit of Art Bell research too, he uh, decided to stop because I guess he did some pretty controversial political topics and stuff and okay. talked about the government trying to like, you know, conspiracy theory kind of crap. Oh, so he's, so like he's into the precursor like an Alex Jones. Right. And so he, but he's not like that. Like he didn't want to be that antagonistic, I guess. And so he was like, you know, I'm just going to stick with the strange because they talked about that a lot too. And so like UFOs and Bigfoot and time travel and Mel's Hole. Like huh. weird things like because art bell's always been into the weird stuff and so so yeah his Mel's show old. if you listen to some of those like you get some crazy people calling in but when you listen yeah. to mel waters it's like hmm like this guy doesn't sound crazy <laughs> it's kind of right. like the travis walton thing it's like you know when i hear the guy tell it i just i mean i'm maybe i'm easily duped i'm sure you know right. like, it's easy to get duped yeah but, but i mean you hmm. know it is but at the same time i mean when you watch a like a De Niro film, you're right. kind of wrapped into like it's not True. De Niro, it's yeah. whatever character he's playing, right. or, you know, whoever it is. Well, and that's kind of like this story. I was like, even if I don't believe it, like it's really interesting. And to hear the interviews with Art Bell and Mel Waters, it's really because Art Bell, when he's talking to these people, he always gives them the benefit of the doubt. So it makes it more fun, I guess, to like listen to it and like just pretend that you believe well, what I mean, the hell they're the telling Well, I mean, half the entertainment is to let them do the work, right? Right, exactly. So. And, and he really does. But um, to get back on, on subject here. Um, it's like a Bob Barker kind of thing. But um, a lot of people say it's possible, you know, that, yeah. <laughs> that the line has gotten snagged on something. And that's kind of where I am. I was like, I don't know, like... It could still manage to be pulling it tight like you think the weight is what's pulling it down. But right. you know, others yeah, yeah, are yeah. like if you've lowered yeah. 80,000 feet of line in there, it's the weight of the line pulling it down. Feet. So it's spooling at the bottom, and it's just the weight is there. It's a lot. I didn't put in my notes how long 80,000 feet actually is, but it's the deepest hole in the world if it uh, by far, like by double. And, yeah, while well, you look it up. Well, I'm looking at how thick the crust is in right. 18,000 mile or eight, sorry, 18 miles under the continents, but it's only about three miles under the ocean. Oh, wow. But and so he's in under a continent, 18 miles. I mean, 80,000 feet is 18 miles. No, it's, I'm, yeah, I'm it's not 18 at, miles. Is it? Yeah, you keep going. Sorry. All right. No, you're good. <clears throat> um, a weird story he also tells about the hole is that uh, he had a neighbor who threw his uh, dead dog into the hole once 
and that days later the guy claims like pet cemetery claims to see the hunt the dog with a hunter like it's the guy's hunting dog but he's like i know it was my dog and so he's calling to the dog and the dog doesn't pay him any mind (laughs) but it was a story that mel waters told in his interviews like you know it was the weirdest thing the guy swore up and down you know like that's my dog right and like it wasn't his dog or was it <laughs> you know like, Ugh, creepy right. yeah 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 uh 18 miles by the way is ninety five thousand and forty feet wow so close so to... he still needs another fifteen thousand feet right. of line to even get to well and that's crust. another thing people were saying is like well at that point it's so damn hot down there that your line should be melted up and burnt they, right. you know, there shouldn't be any weight pulling on it. Like, yeah, that, that other thing should have melted right. and dropped like, off the so weight. So if it's true that the hole exists and you've been lowering all this line into it, it is likely snagged on something or perhaps the hole turns at some point. But what right. what about all the trash and bullshit that you've thrown into the hole? Well, yeah, but if it just <laughs> like, hits and it rolls down. Yeah, maybe it rolls down into like some cave cavern somewhere. Or yeah. yeah. Like, but, uh, oh, I guarantee there's caves all over the place that are just filled with garbage. But all these other claims he makes about it, uh, he claims uh, that one night, or one day, I guess, he seems a he sees a beam of blackness shooting into the air. Like, not light, but like the opposite of light. Like this Whoa. <laughs> beam of blackness shooting up into the sky. Don't do drugs, kids. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, and this guy, like in reading a bunch of stuff about Mel Waters and Art Bell and stuff. They, uh, there are interviews where Mel Waters claims he uh, looks a lot like Willie Nelson, and that'll kind of come up in the story I'm telling, but like he has a resemblance to Willie Nelson. So imagine Willie Nelson is the guy telling you that he's found this <laughs> hole on his property. Um, like sure. It, <laughs> right. Sure, Mel. And again, I'm like, I've been very interested in this story. I don't know if the hole really exists, though. I hope it does. <laughs> but yeah. in a way, I hope it does. But in a way that I like weird it's stuff in rural like rural Washington? Yeah, it's like really country, really yeah. rural out there. So, yeah. Um, he claims that metals will also change into other metals. So, like, alchemy. Is that alchemy? Yeah, like alchemical yeah. properties. Yeah. Like, so you can change metals into other metals. Metals act yeah. funny around this hole. Hmm. He says if you bring a radio near their hole, it would play old radio broadcasts. That it, one should be easily... right. Proven or not proven. Or, right, you would think. Of course, this was happening, this was starting when there were fax machines. So, I mean, it was a little bit harder to right. get things debunked, maybe. Yeah, I mean, well, Art Bell, I mean, there was the internet, and there were certain kinds of, like, you know, satellite maps and stuff you could yeah, look at. Because that kind of comes up, too. Like, people are trying to find, you know, people that listen to the show. There were millions of people that would listen to Art Bell, apparently. Like, it, right. you know, it was... Yeah. Pretty crazy. <laughs> you saw that overlap where people would. I mean, that's essentially a podcast, right? Yeah, essentially an early podcast, I guess. Like, and he'd come on every night. And sometimes you'd get like reruns of shows, but he would basically be on every night. Fuck, one new cuckoo a, a day. <laughs> right? Yeah, and they're kind of fun to listen to. I have sure. to admit, like, it's, you know, they're edited down, so you're not hearing everything, but. Because there's a lot of bullshit, especially in ones that aren't about, like, one person, like the Mel's Hole ones. Because on the Mel's Hole ones, like, he has different lines that people can call in. Like, first time, first time caller, what you got? Or, first time caller, west of the Mississippi is, uh, like, another. Or, east of the Mississippi, like, where are you calling from? And So the person, like... Art, is that you? I'm here to talk about the burning stars again. He's like, we're not talking about the burning stars tonight. I'm sorry. Like, this line is only for Mel's hole. 
Jeez. <laughs> <Yeah>. Anyway, <laughs> I listened to a lot of it. I'd say. But, uh, that's going to be our next episode. Chris is going to do a, a reading Bell. of an entire ep- And he's going to do all the voices. I even looked up the transcripts of the interviews just to read through them. Oh, wow. Because I was like, huh, you know, because with my... Nerd alert. Mine, I like to just go over it and over it and then yeah. just talk about it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I stopped looking at my notes at a certain point. And I did go through all of my notes just now, though. So all right. kudos to me. Yeah, good job. So the first call goes off like that, like everybody's calling in, like, oh, this is crazy, like Mel's hole, blah, blah, blah. So calls over, like shows over uh, a few days later, Mel Waters calls into the show himself and tells Art Bell that, you know, I think since I've been on your show, like, like it's made crazy shit happen. Like the government has shown up on my property. I got home one day and they wouldn't let me into my road, like they had it gated off and they said that there was a plane crash. And that it had it was burning and blah blah blah. You can't get onto your property, and he's convinced that because of Art Bell's show that the government, right. them, they found yeah, out about they, his hole and they've they gone to out. yeah, they've gone to uh, obfuscate with his hole, <laughs> and so. Yeah, so that's the story there. You can tell so, one of us has an English degree and the other one doesn't. <laughs> I hope I used obfuscate right. He's used, that's his, actually, he just has one of those calendars, word of the day. Right. Good job. You get yeah. it another day in a My row. My calendar at work is a National Geographic calendar, actually. Dork. <laughs> so, yeah, the second um, interview on the Art Bell show, he's, they're mostly talking about, wow, the government's come onto your property. So there's people calling in saying, wow, the government can't do that, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, they can't come onto your property and take that. Like, Mel, you should fight back, blah, 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 like all this sort of stuff. <coughs> but Mel and Art get into this conversation about, you know, um, Mel tells him that he talked to one of the military guys there, or not military, I'm sorry, government guys there, and the government guy said, you know, we suggest you leave and don't come back. Like, they're wanting to work out some sort of deal with him where they pay him for his land, and, right. like, he goes away. And the guy says, if you turn the deal down, then we can easily find a drug lab on your property if that's what you want. And Art's like, Mel, are you cooking drugs up on your property? And Mel's like... No, like that's he meant that we could find one if you want to go that route and fight against us. Right. Yeah. We'll just, <laughs> like, we'll just get you something. Right. Man. And so he uh, just happened to fall out of a hotel room window or something. something like that. Right. You just disappear him or something. Yeah. So uh, yeah. the story goes that he ends up taking a deal where they uh, they take his property. He goes to Australia where he gets like a bunch of money every month from the U.S. government to stay in Australia to stay away. And that's the end of Mel for five years. And in 2002, calls back into Art Bell's radio show. And he's back from Australia. He has a crazy story about how he moved back. He doesn't have his land anymore, so he doesn't know what's happened with the hole or anything like that. But this crazy story that he has to tell is that he got back to Washington. And wherever he was living was kind of near Tacoma, but not near enough that you wouldn't have to take a bus there if you didn't have a car. But he's helping his nephew move, and they had worked out this thing where they had a rental van to move and his nephew's car. They take them both back to Tacoma, turn the van in, Mel catches a bus back home. And so, forget the confusing parts of my story. (laughs) But, so Mel's catching the bus back home from helping his nephew move. There's the simple short story. (laughs) 
And um, <clears throat> the bus gets pulled over. A bunch of government people are there. Right. <laughs> of course. And I don't know. It's like, for whatever reason, um, the buses broke down, quote unquote. And so they offer, like, everybody rides, wait for another bus. And so Mel says, you know, yeah, I'll take a ride to, you know, home from you guys. Like, they're offering me a way to get home. And so he says he gets in a car with them. And the next thing he knows, he's waking up in an alley in San Francisco. And he's missing his back teeth. His back teeth? Yeah. He's missing his back teeth. And Art's like, oh, like, that's crazy. Like, you're missing your back teeth. And it's... Who knows why he's missing it? He doesn't don't know. Want you like, to thoroughly chew yeah, your food. But they've stolen like some, like he has some. I forget I've said they've stolen. He has some vague memories of a uh, like some like laying in this alleyway and like maybe some drunk kids or something standing over him, asking Willie Nelson to sing him a song. That's where the Willie Nelson thing comes in again. <laughs> They're asking, you know, hey Willie, sing us a song. Like he has all these fuzzy memories, but his uh, belt has been stolen. And some other things have been stolen, but the belt is important because he starts to tell a story about how he makes, you know, leather belts, like a lot of old hippies and stuff will make their leather belts and right. rhinestones and stuff. But he had this, his belt he had made with his special belt buckle he had made out of a fork, and it had these dimes, which he said were uh, Roosevelt dimes, but claims that they were dated 1943, which apparently is before the Roosevelt dime was... Uh, like dimes weren't even minted until after World War Two, apparently. I think forty six was the first year that a dime. It might have been forty seven. I had yeah, to look it, it up again. Nickels and quarters. Right. Yeah. And so he claims, well, they were nineteen forty three dimes. And... Yeah, but a dime could buy you a car then. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, moving on, like he says his belt got stolen. Blah blah blah, but also that he had been working in northern Nevada with some uh, with some Native Americans on some reservations, and that he discovered another hole. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wonder if that hole was named Peyote or Ayahuasca. Right. Yeah, and so uh, throughout this whole story, he you know he claims that even though everybody thinks he's growing drugs on his property, he does grow like medicinal, like herbal plants. Like he's really into that sort of. Medi- medicine through plants. Uh, what is that? Homeopathy? Is that homeopathy? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, like, I'm not exactly sure if that's the way you pronounce it, but that's yeah. <laughs> homeopathy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Homeopathy. <laughs> but um, from Southwest Virginia. So he's you know here working with these Native Americans on on like his plants because these guys, this one guy had heard him on Art Bell's show and they had talked about how he grew these plants and so he's like, I'm not interested in your hole, Mel. I'm interested in your plants. So Mel's out there talking and doing his plant thing. Like, that's what Mel wants to do, he claims. He's like, I, I really didn't want all this fame and blah, blah, blah out of my hole, but I, I right. wanted you to know about it because I like listening to your show. And so he finds oh. another hole with these uh, Native Americans. This, this guy just happens to find holes everywhere right. he goes. And they claim that they've had this whole, uh, you know, this the I guess chief there claimed that for as long as he could remember in his family, they talked about the whole, it was part of their traditions, like it was just one of their like right. folklore, it was part of their story, like this hole had always been there, a lot of the same properties as the hole that Mel claimed was on his property, and that it would shoot beams they of light. They threw all their trash down <laughs> yeah. in there too? Well, they didn't, because to them it was more sacred than <laughs> I that. I know, yeah, I'm just thinking yeah. how much different it is, like 
the fucking white people up in right. the northwest, the, the upper northwest, are like, <laughs> you know, throw their fucking trash in there. Right. Like the Native Americans are like sacred land. Don't ever get it near there. Like, <laughs> right. The, the, the dichotomy is just kind of funny. That, it, like Americans are right. like piss in it, exactly. shit in it, see what happens. Yeah. They're like, don't do anything to this. It's yeah, sacred. it's like, well, and that was kind of where Art Bell was too. He's like, I don't know about throwing all these things in there because he said he had been throwing like. Uh, TV tubes, picture tubes. He's like, they'll come get you for that. <laughs> Mel, they'll come get you for that. That's against the environmental like protection agency. He's worried blah, about blah, the, blah, picture, blah. the, the yeah. picture tubes. And like, meanwhile, some guy's throwing <laughs> like refrigerators and, filled with yeah. dead dogs. Well, I did, it wasn't refrigerators filled. It's funny uh, how we play telephone over here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm saying I purposely said True. that. That's good, though. I like that you did yeah. that. It's got a fucking... Because like this guy's story just a keeps... A minibus filled with fucking like, <laughs> cat corpses from Porter's fucking right. houses. But he was only keeping them for homeopathic reasons. Yes. Well, you powder them up. And you, <laughs> you snort them. You start finding holes everywhere you go. But they claim... Um, Mel claims that when they're at this hole that uh, the Native Americans... Like, they devised this plan to lower a sheep down into the hole, like, not to uh, kill it, but just to see what happens to right. it. So they lower it down and lower it and lower it and lower it. And then when they bring it up, I think it was down there, if I remember right, I don't have it in front of me because I'm just doing this out of my brain. But um, they bring it back up and they say that essentially the sheep was cooked from the inside because they cut it open. It was dead. They cut it open to see, like, what it looked like on the inside, but it was basically cooked. Except that um, there was this attached to what, I don't remember, but a giant tumor-like thing that looked like a baby seal, is what Mel is claiming. And that they dissect this baby seal eventually, but that the baby seal like kind of looks at all of these, <laughs> all of the people around, like it had... It, oh, it was alive? Yeah, it was alive and kind of had this like... Dude, yeah. this guy's like yeah conscience i guess is the word i'm looking for you're just for. listening to people talk about their <laughs> trips like that right like that yeah. guy that was trapped in the closet they made that funny like recording of him and turned him into a lizard and talk right about, like yeah mr balloon hands. yeah exactly like it yeah. and, and i didn't get far enough into this third interview to hear all of this so this is just going on like the things i'd read about it but uh so yeah the whole like seal tumor weird thing but um, that's just part of the story of their hole. But on his oh, way out, whole seal tumor weird thing. Yeah, they throw a they throw a party for Mel on his last night hanging out with them. Uh, this time that he's there with them, and they you know give him some gifts. And uh, one of the gifts that the guy gives Mel is a little. Uh, they said it was like a Chinese New Year envelope. Think of like a money envelope you get at Christmas. Right. And so inside the money envelope were like five of these nineteen forty three Roosevelt dimes. And huh. and Mel was like, "What the hell?" And I, I forget, you know. He asked the the chief that had given them to him, like, "Where the hell did you get these?" And he was like, "Something like, I hear your kind of your your people like these shiny things, and so I found them next to our hole." <laughs> huh. And so it's like, "What? That's crazy!" Because you know, I had these dimes on my belt, and. So they're, they're thinking he's thinking the, that the they were the dimes. Connected. Yeah, yeah, thinking that the holes were connected somehow. But um, uh -huh. like that interview kind of ends with that story of the Native Americans and Art Bell never heard from Mel Waters again. Huh. And that's it. Well, I yeah. think that that's part of the whole. Yeah. Like, Although I guess that's not completely it because in searching for the hole, like you can look up this picture. I was gonna. 
let's see. I was going to, well, show you anyway. It's a kind of like a satellite image of where Mel's property was. And Mel's property is covered. Oh, huh. And so people were square. saying, yeah, like when they were calling into Art Bell's show, it's like, well, when we look up Mel's property, it's all blocked out on any of the, and back in the day, I guess it was called like Terra servers or something. It was before uh. Google Earth, obviously. So they had, uh, you could look at Terra server satellite images. And before that, kids, they used to use what are called <laughs> maps. <laughs> right. And so, yeah, he's all blocked out on all of these Terra server satellite maps as if, you know, the government took his land and now it's blocked on the, uh, right. on the things oh. and you can't see. Or did Mel just know that these images were out there of his property and they were blocked for some other reason by accident even and well i i mean i think that we we both live next to the arsenal right that's all blocked i mean you just think about how many places like that are all over that are well and this apparently is pretty close to a one of the callers into Art Bell's show said one of the close or one of the largest military inst- installations in the entire United States. I forget the name of the uh, huh. the base that's there, but it's like thirty miles away, something like that. Huh. So, yeah, would have never thought that crazy stuff. That's wow. Yeah. So apparently, uh, so the listeners need to find out that I think that it won't be long before Chris will come in here with some really crazy stuff. Oh, I've got some more. <laughs> he's going, he's going down a wormhole. I'm like, check out these hundred year olds, and Chris is like, you're gonna love hearing about this guy's hole. <laughs> you're right, Mel's hole. Mel's, Mel's hole. hole. There's a lot more out there. I mean, I basically <laughs> covered everything, but uh, I'm sure I missed some stuff. It's a uh, if you like outlandish crap or even if you believe it or don't believe it whatever like it's a well i mean like some of the vagueness i think that it's conveniently vague yeah well partly but i think that what happens is the more he did the interviews the more that he was adding to it and he was like having like stumbling over the story coming up with like more and more things instead of like keeping it like really broad right And I did, you know, yeah. When you start into like, well, then they, they lowered a sheep and then they came back out with a sheep and then there was like this right. other thing inside, but it was cooked from the Like, then it's like, right. Okay, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I mean, I don't understand. Well, and there but. was this guy that was interviewed somewhere that, um, and this reminded me of that, uh, that claimed that there is an old gold mine shaft in the area and it's near, uh, um, Mel claims he lived on a thing, on a, in a place called Manastash Ridge. And he says on this other guy says on Manastash Ridge, like maybe 13 miles from Mel's property, there's an old gold mine shaft that did go really deep into right. the ground. And people just fill those things with yeah, trash. Yeah, and he was like, perhaps, you know, he knew about this hole, and so he made up his story based on right. this hole. And it was or never he really ate a on bunch his of property. ayahuasca right. and laid out there near that hole, yeah. and then like all this other stuff started happening around him. Yeah, you get the whole uh, image of. Again, mm. of Willie Nelson telling you all the of this. anti-light <laughs> coming out of this hole, man. It was like, you won't believe it, right. man. On the road again. <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. So, yeah. Great. Mel Waters? Mel Waters, like Roger. Not Walters, like Barbara. Ooh, yeah. wow. Wubba wubba. Yeah. That's uh, my weekly impersonation <laughs> of somebody. Well, I already did the Buffalo... Buffalo Bill. <laughs> and what is it again? Would ya? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. If you want to hear us try other <laughs> songs and or impersonations, let us know at internamehearepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, please send us emails. Uh, follow us on uh, 
on Instagram at Intername yeah. Here podcast. Yeah, when I get lost after the email address, uh, Facebook's Intername Here. Uh, I'm I'm working on getting the website, so we'll have that going soon. Yeah, maybe some links and stuff to yeah. Mel's Hole and all yeah. the other things we've been uh, talking about. Pictures of people that we year talk olds. about. Yeah, yeah, you know, you bring up somebody. Uh, <clears throat> books and shows we talk about too. Yeah, sure, yeah. whatever. Uh, also, speaking of books and shows, other shows that we've got uh, Entertainment Crackers. You know, it comes up on your same feed as this does, but uh, we try to do a little bit of different stuff. We're trying to. Just feel things out, see what people are interested in, what they're not. Let us know what you're interested in, please. We'd love to have an idea given to us by one of our, uh, you know, internet stalkers. Uh, anyway, <laughs> one of our many few. One of our many few. But yeah, again, thank you to the over 100 now subscribers. Absolutely. And tell your friends. Tell their friends. Yep. Just tell people. Let us let them know that we're out here, and uh, we'll uh, see you on the next one. Bye.